Hi, my name is Joshua Schubart, and you're listening to Pop Culture Addicts. Welcome to Pop Culture Addicts, the weekly show that brings you interviews and discussions with people in our pop culture world. You know, that means we get to talk more about movies, more music, more video games, and more. <laughs> Don't miss a week. You never know who's going to be our next guest. So, okay, addicts, are you ready for your pop culture fix? Well, today we're talking with an actor, and we're going to talk with our guest today about work on a show that he's done on a network called the IFT Network, a show called After. And he's also been known as Frank on a little show called The Tick. Maybe you heard of it. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. And if long enough, you've seen a super cool hashtag called Schubart's Clobbering Time, because we think that Frank also known as Joshua Schubart, should be the next Ben Grimm, a.k.a. The Thing, in any upcoming Fantastic Four offering from Marvel. So find us, ladies and gentlemen, on on Twitter at PCA Pod Show. Find hashtag Schubart's clobbering time, and you can get to meet Joshua Schubart. Ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Schubart. Hi. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. And I would love uh, to play that role, obviously. It would be fantastic. Fantastic. We're going to keep that hashtag going until keep somebody pays attention to it. Blast it into everyone's mouth. <laughs> really, yes. yeah. Hey, you know what? I figure if we put it if we put it out into the universe, it has a possibility. If you don't, yeah, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. That's absolutely right? true. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, we'll keep pushing it out there. Hopefully Kevin Feige sees that and goes, oh, Frank from the tick. He'd be perfect. Yeah. He's a very large dude and very emotive. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you'd be you'd be awesome at it. Thank you. So, Josh, this is the the third time that I've had a chance to sit down and talk with you. Now, yeah. because you had you joined me on a show called my other show called Focused on Forward. We talked about your background and and things that happened to you as a younger version of Joshua mm. as you were growing up and how you overcame those things. Uh, you then followed that up with a visit to uh, another show that I do, and Kathleen and I do together, called the Funny Science Fiction Podcast, where we primarily talked about your work on The Tick, mm-hmm. and we talked about your love for comic books and Marvel's MCU. Yeah. But I have mm-hmm. to ask you one more question about The Tick, because okay. it is such a huge pop culture influence uh, on, on many things in the comic book world. Being that The Tick is so very popular, it started off as an animated show. It's now in its second round of of live action shows. What does it mean to you to be so involved with a piece of pop culture like The Tick? Oh, it it means the world to me. Um, And and it's a huge honor to be part of this uh, community of people that that love this IP. Um, It was a huge influence on me, like the animated series made me feel like I was not alone and that I had like a place in this world. And I've heard from many of our fans that this, this current version of the show makes them feel that way also. Uh, So that's really special. Um, And like, I just recently, actually, this is actually pretty cool. um, A mom from Spain reached out to me on Twitter uh, t- t- telling me that 
that her young, young son, I think he's like nine or 10 years old, loves the show and specifically loves me. Um, and um, would I mail him some like photographs? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mailed him two with like personal messages in it. And he's so happy. And it's like one of the coolest, you know, it's, it's, it's the coolest feeling when like you can just like make a person's day be, be because of the work that you've done. And, you know, just like a quick personalized message like means so much. Uh, so it was like a really cool thing. And it's, and it, things keep happening like that all the time. And as long as people love the, love the tick and love the show and want to interact with me, they absolutely can because it's important. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I, you know, on, on, I can kind of see where that little guy's coming from because I've got a couple of autographs from people that I was like really excited to get. And when they showed up in the mail, it was like, Oh my God, it's really here. In the thing. Oh my God. They're also right there behind me. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I mean, how cool is that, that you get an opportunity to impact somebody's life like that where, you know, you can kind of compare it even to you growing up. The tick had such a big impact on you. Now, now here it is affecting another generation and you're having an impact in that generation. Well, because at the end of the day, I'm also a fan, right? So how do I want to be treated as a fan by the people that, I, that I'm a fan of? So as positive and as kind as I can possibly be, like that's that's what I would want. So why wouldn't I also do that for them? You know, like not all actors in the industry are like people playing these types of pop culture phenomenon uh, TV shows or movies or whatever are like mean. But if you are mean, then I don't know what the hell you're doing here. Like, why did you take the role? Why, why are you right. a part of this universe? Like you, you, it comes along with a responsibility to the fans. Like, I know that's a weird thing to like say, or to like even hear, but because people have lived with these characters and these things for so long, probably their whole lives, like you have a responsibility to the fandom to like be a part of the whole thing. Um, and that's how I feel. So I definitely agree with that, especially when it is one of those bigger things that you've, you've brought somebody part of their childhood to life. Right. Why would you then push away the people that are trying to tell you that they appreciate what you've done? I mean, there are a lot of actors that are not as um, extroverted as I am. They're like really <laughs> in, in inward and things of that nature. So I can understand that they get really overwhelmed or there's a lot of people. Um, but, you know, work that out with, with you and understand that like you could potentially be making like hundreds of thousands a year just off of like conventions where people want to come to meet you and they want to talk to you. And mm -hmm. that's because you're such a big part of their lives. And if you're a dick, no one's going to come and, see you and right. like, that's like a part of the like if you want to like it's part of the business side but at the same time like don't you want to talk to people that are into what you what you're into too like it's a whole you know like come on come on right. sure. there, there's Absolutely. a gonna take with that that you're you're giving your 
acting ability to the world. You're yeah. sharing your talent with the world. Allow them to share their appreciation with you. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a two way street. And that's a big thing for like why I'm an actor and like why, why I'm an artist is that there's a lot of actors that are like my, what I'm making is for me. Whereas for what I believe is that what I'm making is for you and for everyone else. And it's like a healing thing for the whole world. Like if the whole world gets to like watch what I'm up, up to and it helps them or it makes them feel happy, then that's why I'm here. Right. Like, not for me. It's for everybody else. I'd also like to point out that I, I applaud you for for following uh, Uncle Ben's advice with great power comes great responsibility. Un Uncle Ben, he was very wise while he was <laughs> passing away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Josh, last time we talked, we sat down and talked. We talked about the new addition to your family. You said yeah, she's it's... six weeks old now. Yeah, that is incredible. And with new additions come new challenges, and mm. cha newborns are especially challenging. Yes. How are you adjusting? How are you doing? Uh, the first couple of weeks were a, uh, a nightmare hellscape. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, no one ever tells you that part of it, right? And no, it's they gonna, don't. And it's not a bad thing, right? Like, everybody's like, oh, it's like the most beautiful time everyone's... And it's like, yes, it is. And I love her so much. But I also wanted to, like, die every day. Like, um, 100%. Like, that's accurate. Yeah. Like, like me and my wife would, like, cry and then laugh and then cry again and just try and, like, try and work out how to, like, handle this new, this new thing happening to us. Uh, honestly, like, we're such a great team that I like if we didn't have each other, like I don't know how people do this by themselves. Like it's such a it's a wildly beautiful, hard, terrible, amazing time. Like that's the only way that I can mm -hmm. really talk about it. Like I love her so much and I didn't like I knew that I was gonna love her, but I didn't know how freaking much I was gonna <laughs> love her. Yeah. I almost used the F curse. We heard um, it. It was almost um, there. <laughs> but um He's a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also extremely difficult. And I think people need to know that too. That it is it is when it, you realize why they use sleep deprivation as torture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when my firstborn uh was born. And I remember standing there looking at him in a little incubator right after he was, you know, the little warming bed or whatever they call it. You know, while they're getting ready to clean him up. I mean, he was like, you know, fresh bake out of the oven. He was right there, uh, you know, and they're getting ready. And I remember just standing on the edge of that and, and looking down at him. And, and I had two distinct thoughts. Number one, I didn't realize that I could love somebody that much. It meant a tremendous amount to me. And then number two, I also realized that I had such a profound job ahead of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like those, yeah. Those two things came crashing in all at once. And, and honestly, it 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 became more with, with every child. And then my third one was a daughter. And then I, with with my daughter, as I was standing over her, as she was getting cleaned up and looking down at her and smiling, it was the, oh, my God, I love her. She's so beautiful. I will literally break the legs of anybody who comes near her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just we have one and she'll be three next month. And that was the same thing with my husband. Like he 
he never thought he wanted kids. He never thought he wanted to be a dad. And then when we found out that I was pregnant and it was the, okay, so this is a thing that's happening. This yeah. is like, we knew that it was a possibility, but it also took us three years to get her. It took us three years of trying before I got pregnant. Yeah. It took us five and a half years. Oh, wow. Which is the okay. thing that like no one ever talks about either oh. is that it potentially just won't happen right away. Like we had to, Turn uh, turn to science. I, I I don't know if if that's what you also had had yeah. to do, but and that whole process is its own like, and not really for the guy. Like for like me, it's like emotional, but for the women, it's everything. Like the hormonal changes and all the injections and all the pills and all the tests and getting internal sonograms all the time. Like it's a it's really hard. And it's a lot. Yeah. So and I didn't, I we didn't have to go through, so we didn't have to go through IVF. I, um, I was just on medication, but it was mm. still, even on the medication, it's a diabetes drug and it causes extreme stomach issues when you first start it. Yeah. And that's brutal. But then it was the two and a half years on that medication and the I'm late and I'm like, oh, well... It, it's happened before. I've been late before. My husband's like, yeah, no, but you're not mad at me. You're not PMSing. What is this? And I'm yeah. like, no, there is no way I'm pregnant. That's we've been told it can't happen. It's not going to happen. I took the pregnancy test. That second line showed up on the test and it was the, Oh, Ta-da. <laughs> so this is a thing we're doing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you get that little baby in your arms and you realize that you just met this person and you love them so much. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. It really is. Uh, I both missed the newborn stage and hated the newborn stage. <laughs> but My eyes never burned like they did when each child was in newborn stage. I it, I felt like my, my retinas were permanently on fire mm -hmm. because it just the lack of sleep and you know, my, my, my wife did a good job because I, uh, at the time, or at least for our first two, uh, I was the one working full time, um, you know, at a, at a company outside and she was, she was not, um, at the time. And so she was trying very hard to make sure that I, you know, I could get as much sleep as I could so I could get up and go to work the next morning. But even at that, it, when you're trying to be a, a, a good husband and a, a good partner to your wife and a, and a good parent, you feel bad that she's always the one getting up. She was always the one. There were certain things that she had to get up for that I was just not genetically equipped for. Um, you just you didn't know. try hard enough. No, <laughs> no, that wasn't that wasn't the thing. You have to will the milk out of your. Yes. Well, you got to be like, go nipples, go, <laughs> go, 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 gadget nipples. No. You and your useless nipples. I That's had right. that they're conversation just, with John multiple, multiple they're times. Just for decoration. So. <laughs> That's a whole weird topic we just stumbled into. Oh, yeah. right. it's, not, it's our show. We can talk about what we talk want. What we, what we want. I don't care. And I'm and I'm not shy. We can talk about whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good because um, that leads right into my next question because this was something that I found about I found in doing uh, research slash stalking you for this go around. Um, nice. It was something I hadn't found the la in either of our previous conversations. So I stumbled onto, unless it was a, a different or another profile of a different Joshua Schubert, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, now, according to audible.com. Oh, my God. On, yeah. 
<laughs> on top of being an incredible actor, I love it. I don't even get. I don't even have to get finished with the question. Yeah. On top of being an incredible actor on screen, you're a weapons and a stunt guy. Apparently, you're also a voice guy for some. Uh, you did some narration of some like really steamy love novels. At least I'm going to assume they're steamy. I didn't download any of them or listen to them. But based on the cover art, yeah, it was about to get on. Yeah, I am a. I'm an audiobook narrator for romance novels also. Um, it's a it's another aspect of my per performance life um, that is rarely it. new. Um, it was a pandemic special, if if you will. Um, you know, because there was no work. Like, we couldn't do anything. And I was going out of my mind. And about, like, a month and a half into the, pan into the pandemic, I was like, Courtney, that's my wife's name, I was, I was, I was like, Courtney, I'm turning one of our closets into an audio booth and I'm going to make money out of an audio booth in our closet. And then she was like, no. And I was like, it's happening. And I just like <laughs> ordered everything. And now I have an audio booth. It's like right here. You just can't see it. Um, and um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, so I just kept doing it. It was really, I was scared of it at first um, because, you know, it's a whole book, right? Um it's like you're the narrator and you're playing all the characters and like, you know, how am I going to play multiple women? How am I going to make them all uh, their like own unique person? And then I just started doing them and having fun with them and not like worrying about it. And it turns out that they're a whole lot of fun, too. <laughs> and because of my voice, my niche is romance because I've got the like my voice is apparently sexy or whatever. So I do all the sexy books. I would, I would love to do like crazy science fiction or like long, long form fantasy. But right now that's what I'm doing. Like I'm exclusively working with this publisher, this romance publisher called Butter Dragons. And they're based out of the Netherlands. Um, and they are just they keep emailing me. <laughs> what are you doing what are you looking at are you downloading the books to listen to later too you know what I, there is the temptation i'm not even gonna lie there's the temptation to download just because i want to hear josh being you know with with the all the sexy talk listen um, i'm a really good book narrator like um like let me see which 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 ones are up right now to the internet Let's see. There's Shadow of the Wolf. Don't there's listen to any of the wolf ones. Um sexy drug uh, Sexy Drug is one of my newest ones. Spark of Passion, Firefighters, Military Romance. Oh. I would listen to... Flame of Desire. Yeah, so I would say... Do Blaze of Ecstasy. I'm sorry, these are killing sexy me. Sexy Drug first. <laughs> sexy um, Drug, okay. Yeah, because the um, werewolf ones were my... They were the beginning of my audiobook career, and I'm just not proud of them. They're, they're really bad. Um, but um, I've got, like new ones coming out like six six new ones coming in oh, nice. okay. in the next um couple of months but yeah like so that one's like about a drug cartel and i'm playing like an undercover um da agent that's like in the cartel and then i fall in love with the head of the cartel's oldest daughter um and i actually narrate with a with a lovely person named mj webb who's actually from michigan um okay 
and I co-narrate with with her now for for all of these audiobooks for this publishing company. So yeah, I do that too, Tim. Sexy mouths. I loved it. I I was looking I was looking at that and I was like, no, that's not that can't be the same. There's I'm like, is there another Joshua Schubart? And I'm like, no, no, no. I think that's him. We I'm like, <laughs> and so I'm like doing my research and I'm I'm like typing up notes and I'm like, yeah, I'm so talking to him about oh, days of ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was doing the same thing when you. I saw Tim's question about the audio books and I'm like, wait, he, he did what? <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I cool. mean, that's actually cool though, man. Cause it's, it's kind of cool that you're, you, you've got these different areas for you to express your, your, your artisticness through. And I, yeah. I think that it's nice that you're not, you're not limited to one lane. You, you have different options for you to, to be able to do what you want to do. And making sure that you keep a steady paycheck for your family. Like mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. You said it was a, a pandemic project. You got to keep working somehow. Well, it's cool now because now I have this whole other arm of of income also. So mm-hmm. like now that everything's o- opening up again, I'll have everything that I used to have plus this. So it's great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, one of the things I've I've heard most in in this business is is that it's important to diversify and have multiple income streams. Yes. So, Especially when you have you know, diapers, you need yep. more income. It's true. Yeah, because you're going to spend a lot on diapers, so. <laughs> So yeah, oh, I, oh, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get expensive, stupid fast. Uh, yeah, and, and we use use the ones that are made of bamboo, so they're that they're like extra monies. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Amazon's your friend, so yeah. Have them just drop them off because they're going to be making regular stops. So, so we have talked previously about your love of the MCU. Mm-hmm. because who doesn't love the MCU? Mm-hmm. And currently in our household, we are watching the Avengers Phase 1 movies in release order and just got to the first Avengers movie. We just started it last night. Like, watching them with my three-year-old because she loves superheroes. So how are you going to introduce the MCU to your daughter? Where's your starting point for her? So I'll probably do it in timeline order, um, including the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a look, just as nerdy as I possibly can. Um, but like we, we in this house household do like Captain America, like, like a lot, Mm -hmm. like Captain America, Iron Man. Like I've, I have a special place in my heart for like, for, for Iron Man also, because I used to watch that animated show too. Do do, Mm -hmm. do you remember, remember that show? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, And also like, it was the first one that actually was not, crap so Mm -hmm. that was really cool too you know like we we had to like live through i mean other than the hulk with um ed norton which was actually pretty good Mm -hmm. um, i believe it's actually part of the canon isn't it like didn't they like um um like the fantastic fours as a whole pretty bad like like i'm really excited and also want to play bed grab um, <laughs> the new one, um, Schubert's clobbering time. Schubert's clobbering time. Hashtag time. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful because they haven't, they've done great with everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then the like the old Captain America movie where it was like a dude in like underpants. It's fantastic, but not because it's good, because it's hilarious. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. 
So my follow-up question to that, because this is a thing that we are working on in our house too. Hmm. How are you going to teach her that she's not a princess in need of rescuing, but that she also is a superhero? That she can do it herself. How are you going to help her with her girl power? Well, I'm just going to tell her that she can do whatever she wants to do. Like, I'm I'm a gigantic feminist, and I always have been. Like, um, um, my, my, I, I get told by my, my wife pretty much, like, weekly that I'm a bigger feminist than her. <laughs> um, I just, you know, she can do whatever she wants to do whenever she wants to do it, and if she ever asks me, like, can I do this or am I allowed to? And we're like, you can do, yes, do it, do whatever you want. Like, don't not try something because you're quote unquote, not supposed to. Right. Um, You know, don't, uh, don't apologize for wanting to be part of the world. Just go be part of the world. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess is does does that answer your question? It does. It totally does. Yeah, and like very the, much does. the big thing that we've been working on lately is like we watched I watched the Captain Marvel movie for the first time like six months ago because I had gotten distracted with other things, and that I watched happens. it. And she watched it with me, and she's like, "Oh, it's a girl superhero." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it is." That matters. And so then she got really into WandaVision, and when we were watching Avengers last night, she's like, oh, "Who's that?" I'm like, "That's Black Widow." I like her. I want to be like that. I'm like, do it. Be do, it. do backflips. Do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You've we already been the, broken twice in your tiny life. It's okay. We'll just. We'll just we we did the it. same thing with with my daughter. She's 14 now, but uh, you know when it when Captain Marvel came out and all these different things because I needed her to see that she could have role models growing up, just like I had role models mm-hmm. growing up, and that she could do anything that she wanted to do, and that that. The only limits that should be placed upon her are the ones that she wants placed upon her. Right. You know, and so, you know, helping her to understand that I I want her to have every opportunity I had growing up uh, as a boy. And I want her to have every opportunity that her brothers had. You know, she shouldn't be limited because, you know, because of gender. Right. That shouldn't even come into the equation. Like growing up with superheroes and comic books and I had the X-Men to look up to. Like mm-hmm. you had Storm. Storm was pretty cool. And mm-hmm. then Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy and Catwoman. And it's like, but now having Captain Marvel be in the in the forefront and Black Widow Widow be in the forefront. It's like it's it's nice to see them finally getting the spotlight they should have had this whole time. Yeah, and the Wonder that. Woman movies. It's like I want to see that girl power. And it's great. Until of course she tries doing backflips and I have to explain to emergency rooms that no, I'm not beating my child. She does this to herself. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be. Uh, a- we were practicing cosplay. That's all you got to say. Kids, she, kids feel fast. She Whoa. has broke. She has broken two bones already. She broke her arm at 14 months and her leg. Oh, she was, um, she was over two. Cause that was just January. That's a like, lot of bones. It is for yeah. a, almost three-year-old. Yeah, wow. It's crazy. <laughs> the first one, though, the arm was because she got so excited that we were having dinosaur chicken nuggets for dinner that she tripped in the living room and caught herself and broke her arm. I would also be really excited for that as well, so I understand. I, right? And now I want nuggets chicken nuggets. Shapes, uh, delicious. I know. And unfortunately with that one, then because the chicken nuggets were coming out of the oven when she got excited and fell and broke herself, we then had to go to the emergency room before we got to eat chicken nuggets. 
Oh, so she didn't even get the chicken nuggets. She did after we got back, but oh, then okay. it was the, now they're reheated chicken nuggets, and that's just not as good. They lose some of their they lose some of their punch. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's let's shift topics here just a little bit. Okay. Or a lot of it because we were talking about kids and broken bones, and we're gonna go somewhere else. So <laughs> it's our show. We talk about what we want. Let's go. We're going anywhere we want. So one of the things I love most in life, other than my family and sci-fi and all things nerdery, is music. Hmm. Uh, I've often said that I have a soundtrack playing in my head at all, at nearly all times. I I wake up a lot of mornings and I have a song stuck in my head. Sometimes it's a song I haven't heard in ages and for whatever reason the other morning i now i hate elvis presley with a bleeding passion i think the man's a hack he sucks that's right i said it deal with it anyway um and there goes our subscriber and with the one subscriber <laughs> the we one may subscriber have, have yeah. he's gone all right but uh if you had to pick an album oh, or an artist Fuck. To get you motivated, to get you moving, to get you ready for your job, your day, even if it's just going out and mowing the yard. Who is it? What is it? And why? Okay, so there's like I've got multiple multiple answers uh, because it I like multiple. Like, um, what I'm up to, or what I'm doing, or even what what period of my life I was in. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want recently, or do you want like? Sure. All right, so. I've been listening to a lot of like Nordic heavy metal recently. I've gotten like really into it and okay. a lot of nerd metal. So there's this great Italian metal band called Windrose and they are a band that um, they cos- cosplay as mountain dwarves and that's what they sing about. So it's like, <laughs> um, and that's it's awesome. like some of the nerdiest, coolest metal you've, you've ever heard. And then, Brothers of Metal is they do a do a lot of um, uh, uh, Viking based um, music, which I love. But I also like age like AJR, Bad Religion. Um, oh, nice. Like I'm I'm heavily into punk, and I'm heavily into I'm I'm actually he- heavily into ska. Like if there was one band that has been with me through most of my life. It's it's the Aquabats. Do you know who who the I do? Um, and probably their album, the Aquabats versus the Floating Eye Ball of Death. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that album probably the most. That and um, Stranger Than Fiction by Bad Religion are like. Kind yeah, of, that's an amazing album. Yeah. So you said Windrose, and now all of a sudden in my head, it's just the down in my hole, my diggy diggy hole. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's that's, gonna be stuck in my head for days. Yeah, now. yeah I, I love that song. My husband loves torturing me with that song. He will just start I'm singing diggy diggy hole to get it stuck in my head. Oh, it's a great. I wrote song. down Windrose. I'm gonna go check them out. And oh my gosh, music video too. Diggy diggy hole will be stuck in your head for the rest of your life. It will. And also check check out Amaranthine. They are a great metal band with a badass lady singer and i love those metal bands too like like a m m renting nightwish like just oh, really yeah. i love nightwish yeah they're so and they're so much fun because like especially when they have an album that's like totally themed it's mm-hmm. like a cool one like uh, like uh, yeah so uh i'm all, i'm all over the place with what i like when it comes to music um, i love that 
Yeah, I love eclectic music tastes. And I, but I, but I also love like like childish Gambino and you know. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all over the place when it comes to music as well. I I don't, I don't, I mean, I have my favorites. I, I am a hardcore Pearl Jam fan. Oh, have been yeah. from from the moment they came out, because their their music came out when I was in high school, and you know that there, especially Ten and the Versus album for me, were kind of like soundtracks to my youth. And same with Stone Temple Pilots, uh, their first two albums, but in particular the Purple album. Mm. Um, absolutely love that it has, and that actually has my favorite song of all time on it on uh, by the way uh just in case you're wondering it's interstate love song by stone temple pilots um nobody asked but i told you anyway well, thank uh, you. And, thank you. yeah you're welcome I, that, that is the fun thing about music is that you're not tied to a single genre just because you like this band doesn't mean you have right. to only listen to that genre well some but, people are right Be, because it becomes their like identity yeah. um and i don't I, think that's cool no, I feel, I feel bad for people uh, that only listen to one genre. You're missing out on so many other things. Like, I love being able to go from, uh, you know, Otis Redding to Megadeth and to go from, you know, Garth Brooks to, you know, No Doubt, you mm-hmm. know, or, or whatever, because I can, because I want to, you know, I'll, I'll go from, you know, I have literally gone from Ella Fitzgerald to Public Enemy. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, you do whatever you want to do. See, and it's fun for me. is like I grew up, my parents were 37 to 47 when I was born. And so my dad had an older taste in music. And so my dad would listen to Simon and Garfunkel and Kenny Loggins and all of these, like, older classic things. But then my mom loved the Carpenters and... But like that kind of classic rock, classic. Yeah. And then my grandmother was an opera singer. So we'd go over to my grandma's house and she would be belting out to Pavarotti while sewing. And then we'd be listening to musicals and it, everything, everything. Like my favorite band is Bowling for Soup. Bowling for Soup is cool. I love Bowling for Soup so much. Like yeah. I have always loved them. But I would go from Bowling for Soup to Three Days Grace to <sighs> anything. Because it's all over. It's everywhere. I, I also love opera, and that's only because I I am in tons of them. But like, um, I never really understood. Like, I never appreciated how incredible opera singing was until I was in rehearsal rooms with with these people. So mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful. It's fantastic. See, I now I can't get behind opera i I, i've tried i I have a hard time with it but i do like operatically trained singers Mm -hmm. uh who go on and do other things like uh and i can't remember his name right now but the singer from well freddie mercury of course but i i was i was originally thinking of the the singer from dream theater um i can't remember his name for the life of me right now but he's got ricardo yeah, he's got it. I just made way. it up. I don't know. <laughs> Let's go with Bobby Ricardo. I think it's James something. Now I got to look it up. Second. But, you know, um, Dream Theater. Who Sorry. is it? James Labrie? Yeah, yeah, James Labrie. Yeah, that's James it. Labrie. I mean, that guy has range for absolute days. Oh, yeah. And what, he, what he's able to do with his voice and, 
but it fits so well with 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 their brand of metal and it's just to me it's just awesome so there was one of the other things about like the we talked about the renaissance festival performers so there's a mermaid troupe that comes to the ren fair near us oh and they're actually based out of florida but the um the owner of the murder people no, because that's yet. what mermaids do. It is, it is, especially when the one's name is Siren. Mm-hmm. Um, but the owner, Linda, who her stage name is Siren, she is a classically trained opera singer, and so she'll sing Siren songs from the mermaid pool. And it's like, oh wow, it is terrifying. That's so cool, though. That's it such a cool so thing. Cool. Yeah, it's so cool. I want to get her on the show too, if I can. Like, I would love to get to talk to her about that transition from opera to being a mermaid at a renaissance festival like that's just so cool that is really cool so we have talked a lot about all of the different aspects of your work we're missing one part of your your resume your time as a model (laughs) 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 i found that one today and was slightly amused i was giggling a little bit about it i think i was giggling mostly because they the article I found classified you as a plus size male model. I and am, though. You are. Yeah. I also kind of hate that term because you're just person sized. Like, yeah, I'm very big. Like, like we've we've never met in person, but um, I'm pretty. I'm big human being. Like, I'm very muscular and tall. Um, but I'm also no clothing fits me properly, and it hasn't since I was, you know, fourteen. <laughs> um, so just big, big, yeah, big human man um but like so i'm a brawn model and that's happening to this day yeah like i do a lot of stuff but but, <laughs> um, but but i'm actually like that was largely by accident because the first time that that happened was for gq and i know that's like a huge deal for it to be my like first first time mm-hmm. but, um they were trying to like show large dudes how to wear like the right size suits and mm-hmm. they cast cast me in it and it was a lot of fun and it turned in into this thing where like i i never thought i would be in the modeling world i mean i'm not an ugly man but i'm not a model guy right so um but what's really cool is that i began to wear clothes that never existed before for people that look like me and when I was modeling for a, a company called Untuck It, which I do w- 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 work for now, like I'm on their walls and their brick and mortar stores now. Mm-hmm. Um, for for a while, back back when people you know were doing anything in the world because there wasn't COVID, um, larger dudes would come in with my picture in like a magazine, and they'd point at it and they would tell them like. I want to wear what this guy's wearing. He looks like me. And I never had that before, right? Like, I could never go like, I want to wear what that guy's wearing because he looks looks like me and it, and it fits and it looks good. Like, right. so that was really special. And it took the whole like, oh, I'm a model now thing like like out of it to, to, to like, this is also important. This is also part of why I'm here is to like, be this part of like the representation for this part of the world, which is cool. So, um, so yeah, I'm a model too. That's awesome. See, and I, you say that you're a big dude and I'm looking at 
pictures of you. And obviously, when you're on a 24-inch computer screen, you can't tell. But that's normal to me. Like, I grew up around, my brothers are 6'3 and 6'2. Yeah. My dad was 6'1. My husband's six foot. It's like, you know, you're just human-sized. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, all I can hear right now in my head is right said Fred. I'm a model, you know what I mean. I do my little turn on the catwalk. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, bud. Just <laughs> no, but that's so cool. Like, I love that you're you're getting to do that, and you're getting to continue to break those. They're barriers. They're boundaries. They're they are barriers. Yeah, they, boxes they are that barriers. Yeah, yeah, and it's what I try to do with my like acting work, and for anything that I make on my my like own, and like. And anything that I write is a uh, large man having emotions or like being a human, you know, right. in, in, in entertainment, larger men are usually just like oafish or a joke. Yeah. Or we're just a joke or, or we're extremely violent. We're ext right. extremely violent and there's no, no in between. You're not so, the heartthrob. You're not the, the love interest. You're, which is stupid. You're you're the uh, you're the just the friend. You're the, the friend. Or, yeah. yeah. So, which I actually that that leads really well into another question I had for you, and it's about your show after. Mm. Um, now we didn't get to talk about this much on Funny Sci-Fi because After is not a, a sci-fi show. So we talked to you about the Tick and and Marvel and MCU stuff and you know nerdery and comic books and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but. Let's talk about this just for a moment, because just in case our audience isn't familiar with After, it's on the IFT network. And let's talk about that. Explain to people what IFT, or not what IFT is, but what After is, what it's about, and how do you fuel your drive for creativity with the creation of shows and stories like After? Sure. So After is a TV show about a guy who loses his wife and then has to move back home um, and uh, with the help of his family and friends tries to get back into the dating game um, so it's a comedy and it's also so it's extremely funny and it's also incredibly sad um, it's not autobiographical my I have a very alive wife <laughs> um, but the idea for it actually came to me uh, when I was getting married, like that day. Um, I had just said I do, and I was w walking away from the altar, and I just thought, like, what the hell would I do if, if you died? Like, not in, like, a bad way, but, like, you can talk a lot of crap about, like, I'm going to get married or, like, this person's going to be in my life for the rest of my life. But when you make that commitment to another person and you actually do it, something really clicks over in your brain and mm -hmm. then you just can't imagine them not being there anymore. Right. Um, and this thought kind of like, I don't know, it was like in my head, like for a couple of years and I would like write bits of pages down or like write bits of scenes down. And um, then another big part of why I wanted to make the show was, um, Mental health has been a huge part of my life and a huge part of my journey. And I wanted to show a person like me that looks like me, that's a big masculine man, working through mental illness in a way that's positive. And you come out the other side 
not perfect, but better at the end, a changed, mm-hmm. more complete human being. So it was so we, so it was about like showing other men that it's OK to not be OK and that you can cry and you can be upset and you can go through it and you can fail and things are terrible. But also life is also beautiful and strange and magical and and expressive and vibrant. Uh, and, you know, that's uh, that's that's why I made this the show. And it there weren't this type of role didn't exist for me at the time. So I made it for me. And then everyone else in the show, I wrote all their roles for them and they got to play these incredible roles too. Uh, And that was an amazing thing too. Um, So I don't always write from like a, like a crazy personal place, Tim, which is where I think like this is kind of headed. Um, but I, but I like to take aspects of my life or what I've been through or experiences or mm-hmm. ideas that I feel need to be shown or, you know, people need, need to understand more. Like I've got a feature film that's in development right now called We, we, we Got What You Need. And it's about, a, it's, it's about an indie comic book creator who works overnights at a gas station and he's a crazy dude because he's so sleep deprived and he actually hallucinates in comic book and, and animation. And there's a whole character in it um, because I was homeless and I was never treated the way that homeless people should be treated. And I, wrote this character in as like a voice of reason angel um like presence to humanize homelessness and homeless people um without being heavy-handed and it all works in and it's just part of the story and it's a lot of fun um so like i like to write about that type of stuff and i used to work overnights at a hess when i was in school so I could pay for my car insurance and things. Um, so I understand what that's like too. Um, but yeah, so there's, but, but then there's a lot of things in there that I've, that are not part of my life personally that I've pulled from, you know, just observations and things of, mm-hmm. of that nature. Oh, that's really cool. And I frankly can't wait to see that the whole fat, I don't know who's hallucinating isn't cool if you're you know sleep deprived and all, but the fact that he's doing an animation all of a sudden I'm going, okay, I want to see this, this, this it actually sounds really cool. Thanks. Um, yeah. So like parts of the world will become animated when he's looking at them, when he's really, when, when he's really going through it. Uh, so sure. it's really, I think it's great. And I can't wait to actually like see it when it's all done. Cause I have this, like we're not even there yet, but like when it, you know, when it's being made, like, I can't wait to. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I think it's, I think it's a really, it's a really really cool cool concept. concept. Yeah. I I would be stoked to watch that. So. Well, you know, Josh, we have enjoyed having you on the show so much today. And I think that we can only steal a couple more minutes away from your wife and daughter. Sure. So where can our viewers and our listeners find more about your work and what you have coming out next. Sure. Um, so I'm I'm at Josh underscore Schubart on both Twitter and Instagram. 
Um, that's where I do most most of my speaking about stuff. Most mostly on Twitter, um, Instagrams like me taking pictures of stuff. So if you like that, then you can go there. If you want to talk to talk to me, I'm pretty responsive on Twitter, and I have a w- website that's joshuashubart.com, and that's all the places. We will have those out in our description so that our viewers and our listeners can find you and support your work. Cool. Thank you. And too, if you like what you've heard with Josh here today, uh, if you want to hear more about Joshua, go out and check him out on uh, Focused on Forward. You can hear more about his backstory leading up to all these things and how he overcame a lot of what he talked about being homeless and some mental health issues and things that he's had to work through uh, in his life. And then also, if you want to find out more about uh, his work on The Tick, certain comic book adventures and things that he's had and his love for comics and the MCU, go check him out on Funny Science Fiction. You guys are going to love them there, too. So, And we also want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help us out, to help us continue to get awesome guests like Joshua Schubart to have these great conversations with. Josh is a great guy. He's been uh, very patient with us and very kind to us uh, to come back and let us uh, poke him with a stick one more time. Uh, but uh, Aren't you glad it's a virtual stick? It's a virtual stick, so it's not as bad. But remember, kids, pop culture is all around you. It influences every part of your lives. So be sure to come back next week. We'll have your fix waiting right here for you. And don't forget, hashtag Schubert's Clobbering Time. Schubert's Clobbering Time! We're going to make Clobbering Time! All right. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Pop Culture Addicts. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of Pop Culture Addicts, you can reach us on either Instagram or Twitter by using the handle at PCA Pod Show. You can also email us at PCA Pod Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Copyright 2021 Pop Culture Addicts. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of by Pop Culture Addicts or any of its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity that they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at PCAPodshow at gmail.com. <laughs>